Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor.fm, the absolute best and easiest way to host your podcast and get paid for it by running ads just like these. And take it from me, I've hosted at least seven of my podcasts on Anchor.fm. I recommend it to every show on our network. And other hosts are going to charge you upwards of $100 every year just to run your podcast on their host. Anchor.fm does it for free. So go check out Anchor.fm for more information. Robots Radio presents... The Cyberpunk Lorecast. Welcome to the Cyberpunk Lorecast, where style is just as important as substance. Welcome to the podcast where we explore the lore, news, and gameplay of the cyberpunk games and other dystopian worlds. I'm your host, Robots. If you're not tuning into the live version of this on twitch.tv slash robots radio, then you are not seeing my air drums to that intro, which is probably the best part of the show and going down for the rest of the show in quality and interestingness is man, that is a really bummer intro, isn't it? No, this is a great show. And this is the number one cyberpunk 2077 show on the internet right now. And you are talking with robots and captain Logan. Welcome to the show, everybody. Welcome to the Cyberpunk Lorecast. How's it going, Logan? I'm doing good. That was a that was an intro. That was definitely an intro. That was that was an intro. <laughs> number one Cyberpunk 2077 show on the internet, right here. Unofficial, official number one show on the internet of everything. Woo-hoo. Um, woo! So this week we have some new news, which is redundant because that's why it's called news, is because it's new. But sometimes you look up the news and it's old news. And so new news makes sense in my head. And you know what? Last week we talked about Soul Killer. We talked about Alt Cunningham. We talked about some really awesome stuff having to do with things that could potentially be included in some of the storyline and some of the motivation of characters and things like that in Cyberpunk 2077 last week. And Logan has uh, discovered some more interesting things that continue a little bit more about the story that we talked about last week and into some of the other details that I think you guys are going to want to know before you dive into 2077. Is that right, Logan? Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. we found out. So that was kind of interesting because, uh, the, the comments from the, the community led us to dig some or dig into to some more of the RPG books and kind of find out kind of what was going on. So if you haven't listened to the last episode, uh, I would highly recommend it because it really gives a good overview on who Alt Cunningham is and uh, the Soul Killer. Uh, this is going to be kind of feeding into that. And I wanted to kind of to, to pull up some of the information about what was going on with uh, Soul Killer 2 as well as Soul Killer 3 and the whole story because ironically enough it actually feeds well as kind of a way to cap off some of the stuff that you've actually uh, done lore stories about with uh, Adam Smasher and Johnny Silverhand and Arasaka. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if, it's funny how all the cool puzzle pieces kind of fit together you know it's kind of weird how that works. Yeah 
Yeah, you've done the <laughs> you've done the groundwork and and uh, we've kind of discovered some stuff as we as we dove into. You know what's really weird about the uh, the whole soul killer thing though? Um, last episode we were talking and it kind of felt like with Alt, she had designed the second soul killer, or no, the f- no, what was it? The she designed the first one. Yeah. one, and then she, yeah, and then the second one yeah. was later, yeah. Yeah, the second one was for Arasaka, but before they could mm. get their hands on it, uh, she built in a backdoor, and it was kind of like that whole Death Star thing where there was a way to, to defeat it easily. And um, I think the, the analogy of Return of Jedi is pretty apt in this instance because uh, since 2013, uh, a lot of stuff has happened. There's been a lot of wars, a lot of corporate wars and stuff. And uh, Militech and Arasaka find themselves at each other's throats once again. Big surprise. Once again. But this you know. time, yeah, happens. You know, these things always happen. But as this time, do. Uh, <laughs> as one would notice, um, we find ourselves in the situation where uh, Arasaka Tower is being rebuilt uh, and it's fully operational. And uh, Kai, a fully operational Kai. battle station. <laughs> <laughs> it's Kai, uh, Kai Arasaka, who is the uh, son of Saburu, who is um, 40 years old as of 2020 in our lifetime, um, mm-hmm. is building a second soul killer. And uh, he had it kind of pieced together and was just kind of sitting on it until uh the shadow war and the interesting thing about um version two is that he didn't use it until militech basically uh beat them and they were like all right well last last ditch effort uh between the net runners of militech and the net runners of arasaka so he goes and he takes uh soul killer two and ends up killing most of the net runners that are over for uh, Militech. And that leads us to a gentleman by the name of uh, Rausch. So uh, can I jump in here? Because I yeah, yeah, yeah. think I've seen enough movies to know actually how this played out. So, <laughs> so Kai was like, no, we must stand our ground. No defeat. And then the men were like, we can't hold them back, sir. That's too much. And he's like, then we must release the soul killer. And they're like, no, not the soul killer. And he goes, 2.0, release it now. And they're like, yes, yes, sir, immediately. And, th- and then, <laughs> you know, all hell breaks loose. It is our yeah, last resort. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Like Militech was winning. They were falling back on their on their heels. And uh, like, there's only one thing we can do. Release Soul Killer. And they're like, we can't do that, sir. He's like, do it. I told you. You told us never to push that button. (laughs) I know what I said before, but you must push that button right now. Yeah. Yes. So that was uh, it. so that was that was basically what happened during the Shadow Wars. Uh, there's a lot that actually happened, but it's too much to cover in one episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the, the kind of the crazy thing is, is uh, so we, we've talked about Arasaka Tower quite a bit. And um, one of the interesting things that we we always it always feels like we're kind of coming back to is, is it doesn't matter what happens to Arasaka Tower in Night City. It feels like it's always going to be rebuilt, bigger, stronger, faster, all that good mm-hmm. stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So Arasaka's uh, got 
Soul Killer 2, and he's released it on the Militech Netrunners. And uh, Roush uh, Bartmoss is a Militech employee uh, who gets a, a, a kind of a group together, like a, a strike team. And he decides that he's going to go after uh, Arasaka's Soul Killer operations and he manages to actually infiltrate and destroy soul killer too um as a net runner but the the place that he's kind of holed up in his uh his um uh, apartment is targeted by arasaka uh through like an orbital laser cannon like i kid you not they usually they they actually used a laser cannon to nuke uh-huh. the site at where um bart moss is is at and his best friend, um, Spider Murphy, who she's she's another amazing net runner and just a, a overall badass, uh, kind of takes up the mantle for Militech. And she's kind of how how we get to um, the the third soul killer. So we've got uh, Kai Arasaka, the son of, of Saburu Arasaka, uh, the CEO of Arasaka Enterprises. And he has never really let go of this idea of wanting to have um, a soul killer that's mobile that he can use for his own goods because, you know, mm. it's not about stocks. It's about pulling leverage with uh, with governments and other corporations and bullying. Two terabytes them, so. is too big. We must reduce the size. Yeah. 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 And the and the weird thing is, is um, so this kind of feeds into the idea. Uh, so he already knows, like Arasaka already knows that um, they have like one of the last remaining uncorrupted uh, versions of the Internet or or like all of all of knowledge kind of. So it's really interesting to think about this one corporation who has all of this like actual true data stuff that hasn't been messed by or messed up by or altered by software or viruses. And they're keeping it locked up away from the rest of the internet so that no one can access it because that is like that is like power for them, right? It's like it's like the Hall yeah. of Congress, you know, there's all this information that that is the true uh, history of the world and whoever has the history books is kind of in charge in that instance. So you've got the government who's like, uh, no. And Militech who's like, I don't really like you guys either. So screw you government. Screw you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much what it is. So you've got Militech in the government now, um, in, in the United States of America, kind of working together to try and, um, try and actually gain access to Arasaka, but it's like, it's Arasaka. It's a huge tower. They've got barriers built up to prevent ramming cars. You know, they, they're in suicide <laughs> bombers, you know, they, they've kind of thought of everything. So it's like, well, how do you, how the heck are you supposed to infiltrate this building? And that's where you, we, we get into the story of, um, the, the, the third soul killer. So, in the event of the Soul Killer 2, where Arasaka had been using it to kill the Netrunners of Militech, uh, Rausch, which is um, horribly mis- mispronounced by me, I'm not going to even attempt the German of it, but it, <laughs> in German, it actually means revenge. So his name is literally Revenge Bartmoss, which is just so, so cool to me. I mean, who, uh, whose had, mom names you Revenge? Like, I don't know. You must, she, must, she must have been a badass mom. Yeah. Which, I mean, if if I'm looking at all the women in cyberpunk that we've kind of talked about, they're all badass. So I could totally see it at this point. 
Yeah, yeah. So, well, I'm, I'm kind of debating names for my new kid. I was thinking maybe revenge <laughs> or you know justice Bill. or maybe <laughs> murder. How about that? Murder might be murder. too far. How about just revenge? Murder okay. Bart, Bart Moss. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Keep the weird last name, but the first name's totally got to be something badass. Yeah. Um, so what? So That's he. We need to play. We need to play a tabletop RPG game and have a character named Murder Bartmouse. Yeah, I'm good with that. <laughs> That's Revenge's son brother. Of revenge. So, <laughs> oh, son. there we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So, um, so yeah. So, so uh, Bartmoss is is uh, at at the cost of his own life. Supposedly, it's hard to know when he's a nut, when he's a net runner and he has a he has programs that are designed to infiltrate systems. Uh, he's found a way to kind of like quickly and efficiently compress his entire um, personality, like all of his memories into like this engram. And he can basically like at will shoot himself onto the net as like a backup. Like he's created his own version of a horcrux in this instance. And it's kind of cool. So his body, quote unquote, dies during the event of this assault for Soul Killer 2. And while he succeeds in destroying Soul Killer 2, Alt Cunningham, which is kind of pulling the story back in, gets captured from the net. Now, we knew from the first time Arasaka had controlled her that uh, that, that um, Kai had pulled the plug on her, uh, severed the connection between her consciousness in the net and her body. So she was just a ghost in the in the, the ether at that point. And yeah. As a result of Soul Killer 2, uh, Arasaka, who had used like notes and research and just tried to build it up on his own using his own resources and not alt, um, manages to scoop up her consciousness out of the net and is now holding that AI hostage at Arasaka. So now she's in their mainframe and she's being forced to create this mobile version of a Soul Killer. And... It's it's interesting in this instance because she succeeds in creating Soul Killer 3.0, but this Soul Killer 3.0 is closer to an artificial intelligence than it is an actual program. So it's not just like clicking oh, wow. a target and and executing Soul Killer dot uh, exe 3.0 you know this is like hey i think you need to go and attack that person and rip their brain out and it's like <laughs> well, I, can, I get to go do that okay i'll go do that and that's fair, but like this a, it's like a little kid intelligence <laughs> hey it, it timmy. could be hey timmy see that see that, that guy over there's a bad guy can you go rip his brain out <laughs> oh i get to i get to go rip his brain out yeah it would be really cool if he went and ripped his brain out okay i'll go do that yeah you go do that so then we'll get some ice cream when when yeah <laughs> mint chocolate chip ice cream of, of all things too mm-hmm. um so soul killer three has a potential of being up to 12 different personalities. It can it can take the form of 12 different personalities to try and better infiltrate in the net. So you may not see Soul Killer coming. You you may not even know what Soul Killer looks like, but Soul Killer can move along the net. It could be your best friend. It could totally be Han Solo ready to take you out because you got a kiss from your sister and he didn't like it. Wait, wait, Han Solo's your best friend? Uh, I didn't say it. Did you oh, say that? I, I, you that? brought up Han Solo. No, we're talking about best friends. I thought maybe you were best friends with Han. Anyway, go on. I mean, maybe. 
I could be anyway. <laughs> I, I don't even know at this point. <laughs> Maybe Soul Killer got me. That's what's going on. No, so, you're Soul Killer. Um, All right. This is too much. Maybe I am. I'm just going to have to question everybody at this point. (laughs) (laughs) So um, as I was kind of reading through this, I actually really love the idea of Soul Killer being its own AI because uh, as like a fledgling AI, it really has to learn from what it has around it. And it will probably learn faster than other people just in general. So when I think of uh, Soul Killer 3.0, I try to think of like Cortana and what Mm. happens to Cortana. So you You've got this Cortana now who is uh, kind of on its own and uh, you're not quite sure if Alt can even control this one the way she has been able to for the past versions. So it's really kind of like concerning, like Alt can't control it. It's in Arasaka's uh, mainframe. Like, what is it going to do? So. The whole idea that's going on now is uh, Militech and the government are calling upon uh, Morgan Blackhand to who's a, a kind of one of the top top another operative. Badass. Yeah, another badass. Everybody's uh, a badass. He has it's like yeah, it's like it's much. like Oprah's just handing out badasses here. She's like, you're a badass <laughs> and you're a badass and you're a badass. And everyone's like, we're all badasses. Also, yeah. also, you know what this reminds me of? They've basically created mm. Ultron. Yeah. Without a body. Pretty yet. much. Like you've got yep. Ultron, we're just waiting to get a body. Just waiting to get a body on, and then once he gets out into that net and potentially in physical forms, he's gonna just like everybody, right? Yeah, yeah. That's that's essentially what I. <laughs> yeah, you could definitely do that. Um, so yeah, you've got uh, uh, Militech and the government are getting uh, Morgan Blackhand to get together a group of people to form two strike teams. And the the goal of it is basically to assault Arasaka Tower, which is is being kind of led up by uh, Kai. And the weird thing about this is that uh, Morgan pulls together Johnny, his ex-girlfriend Rogue, and Thompson, the media who stitched him, stitched him up the first time they assaulted uh, Arasaka Tower. <laughs> it's like, this went so like, well the first time, guys. We gotta do this thing. We gotta get the van back together. Yeah, that's what I thought of when they were like, hey, you know, this is just kind of getting back to the good old days. Right. And and Johnny's like, yeah, we got a lot more support this time, though. It's not just a bunch of raging fans at a concert. It's like Militech in the government. So we get pretty much whatever we want. And that's kind of the cool part about the RPG is is during this uh, during this activity in the RPG there, the, the notes basically say, yeah, we're giving you a lot of leeway if if they want gear and they can get it within 12 hours, whether it's guns or drugs off the street or military equipment, just uh-huh. go ahead and give it to them because it's going to be a fun yeah. event. Yeah. And as a side Which note, actually, all of this comes out of um, uh, Shockwave, right? Uh, what's yeah. the full name? Yeah. Um, uh, there's something called Shockwave. I can't remember the, the beginning name of it. Um, Firestorm. Firestorm Shockwave, which is like 147 pages of just, again, badassery. Like Oprah wrote this book basically and was like, I'm going to give this page badasses and this page badasses. And this, these are some badass guns and these are some badass tanks and these are some badass flying vehicles and drones and bodysuits and mechanized things. Like there's so much cool freaking gear in this, just this one book, which is just an expansion on all the other stuff that's all that was already 
done by this time. Like in, in doing research for this, uh, Logan and I were, were pouring through this book and it's just like, holy crap, dude, we could do entire episodes on just like, like the mobile mechanical, you know, combat units, you know, just like, holy crap, there's so much cool stuff. And this is, this is the middle book. There are two beginning and ending books to this, to this expansion too. And they're and even in the notes, they're like, so you guys are reading this, but wait till you see book three. And they're like, what's book three? Well, we mm-hmm. wanted to put everything in book two, but we couldn't. So we're making a book three. <laughs> yeah. we, we couldn't possibly make this book any denser. So we're making a book three. And uh, so, yeah, I was, I was really, I was, I was blown away by, it. I was literally, I probably read about, 50 pages today of, of yeah. RPG-ness just trying to trying to piece <laughs> together like what is oh, a fourth man. war yeah. what is it you gotta what be careful a, you gotta be careful when oh. talking about your RPG-ness mm-hmm. yeah there's a lot in there um where did I leave off okay so President Edming, Eddington uh will will tell um the the players in the RPG basically that the rumors uh that they've heard are true and that Arasaka has developed a new more powerful version of Soul Killer agents have ferreted out the design specs and not only is the new weapon completely mobile it can track multiple targets simultaneously and with its powerful pseudo AI routines it's much more capable of defending itself than any demon worse Kai has its original programmer alt captured and stored and is forcing her to work on the improving improved version. And that's from uh, Firestorm to Shockwave, page 131 of the Cyberpunk 2020 <laughs> book. <laughs> yeah. So not quite the easiest thing, not to mention the fact that this tower is aware of uh, Militech and the government actually planning a strike on the tower. So they've basically like gotten all of the all of the soldiers, all of the security guards, all the mall cops are now at at Arasaka (laughs) Tower and are planning to defend everything there. So. It's insane. Paul Blart Blart comes up on his segue and is like, guys, I'm ready. (laughs) Yeah, it's 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 insane. Just that like there's even the delivery guys are just like packing. They're like, you know, whatever. Yeah. We're, we're going to make sure our, our mail gets delivered today. So <laughs> it's it's hilarious because everyone has their own agenda and there's two strike teams. There's strike team Alpha and strike team Omega. Omega is um, uh, Morgan Blackhand's team and they're going to be attacking aerially from or aerially. Is that word they're attacking from the air and going on top don't even don't even let me get on that uh so then you've got strike team alpha which is actually trying to infiltrate the building so you've got uh johnny uh spider murphy who wants revenge for uh bart moss's death uh thompson who's your your media buddy who just wants to see arasaka fall you've got rogue who's your ex-girl or johnny's ex-girlfriend trying to help johnny get his girlfriend back uh getting in there and you've got a uh, a borg with them um which i'm wondering if i can find his name because he actually is pretty important oh yeah um to into the story and i'm just blanking on what his name mm. is right now um it's like uh shinta or something like that i'm yeah. pretty, sur- pretty sure it's like shinta. Uh, i've got it up here well we'll go on if i if i find it all 
Yeah. So you've got this this team alpha and in the point in the actual RPG is just to kind of give you an idea of what's going on, because your goal as the player is intended to go into the into the the basement of Arasaka and actually destroy the records of uh, Arasaka's like information, like the the, your your goal is basically head down and do that. Morgan wants to take out um, uh, uh, this as well. But Johnny's just in there to get his girlfriend and get uh, back out. So Morgan wants wants to kill soul killer johnny wants his girlfriend and the president wants you as the player to actually head into the basement and destroy the records because that's too powerful so shaitan shaitan that sounds familiar yes shaitan so yeah the he's he's actually the borg uh that actually helps um spider and murphy get away from the an engagement with uh adam smasher which was right. is crazy which is the, the thing i read uh about the in the adam smasher um episode i did talking about him and th- this is where all this ends up right is that altercation between adam smasher and strike team alpha basically yeah, yeah, which was crazy reading into it because I, I I remembered as I, as I was reading through this, I was like, oh, this is the part where you actually dove into uh, Johnny's death and yeah. like Adam Smasher and stuff and, and talking about the armor and just how dangerous it was and stuff. And I was like, oh, my God, they were in there because they were trying to get get after alt and stop Soul Killer. It's so weird. So, yeah, yep. um, it's it's really amazing. All the it's puzzle a pieces really good together yeah yeah it's so cool to see uh see them kind of come together so yeah if you if you uh follow things to to its end um spider manages to get into uh the lab which is uh in the the soul killer lab is next to the same apartment as kiera saka so they're basically in his apartment which is a floor below sabru's uh and and they get in they find alt and she uploads uh alt into her her memory unit or on her her actual console and that is um the the it's funny because she she messages alt in the net and she's like hello alt and she says wait what who's there spider and she's like yep my name's luke skywalker i'm here to rescue you and alt <laughs> is like what and she's like sorry it's a it's a flat vid that rash made me watch one day and i'm like oh my god i can't believe they just referred to to <laughs> to movies that we watch as a flat vid as in like some ancient thing that they had to watch right. so they actually so that's where i was kind of thinking i was like yeah this is basically they're going in and destroying the death star again it is literally the story of return of the last jedi they're just trying to save alt or vader return in this jedi, instance yeah. 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 And it's so funny. So Spider uploads uh, alt into her uh, memory units. And as they get attacked, this is when you have Adam Smasher come in. And this is the the altercation with Adam Smasher and Johnny like dying and getting cut in half by the, the shotgun or the auto gun. And uh, you have um, um, them trying to get away. And this is when Spider uploads alt into the net with some markers to try and be able to, to access uh the net later on to piece together alt's consciousness because at this point she's just a bunch of ones and zeros and once again johnny kind of rescues his girlfriend but in this instance it's like he's dead and this is where i'm like well how did johnny get into 2077 then right right if they didn't and at the end of this thing you end up bombing the building 
the tower gets destroyed and uh, a lot of people die. <laughs> and it's kind of like they didn't have time to get a hold of Johnny's body. So how the heck are we supposed to see him as like this this thing in uh, in 2077? So that's yeah, kind of where my questions question. are now leading. Yeah, that's that's the big so cliffhanger question that's the um and that's what all the buzz was about when we saw him show back up because people were like wait a minute didn't didn't his didn't he just get exploded you know like how do you yeah one he was he was cut in half with a gun and then bombed so physically his body shouldn't exist anymore you know and if it did if for some reason it did it would be under a gigantic pile of rubble so it's got to be his consciousness that survives. And we know that you can pull people's consciousness out of their bodies and into the net or into some sort of storage device or something like that. So was yeah. there, is there some sort of retcon? When? Is there some sort of retcon, you know, like while they were in the building, he hacked into a system and soul killer grabbed him out of that out of you know or grabbed a copy of his personality or something you know like is there some sort of you know, was there a wireless thing plugged into his noggin and something was transmitted did he back himself up at another location before going into this altercation knowing that he may not make it out alive you know what, uh, what we if, don't know uh, at least if, i don't know what if his consciousness what if, this is a stupid idea but what if his consciousness uh-huh. was loaded into a chip that is in his hand because his hand talks to him in the rpg as weird as that is yeah but I mean, what yeah, if he has his consciousness like duplicated and it's just in his hand and they find his hand and the then upload it into the net right yeah it could mm. it could yeah, I mean, uh, why not have a storage device in? Like, you have an entire mechanical arm. You've got lots of hardware here that yeah. you can plug things into. Why not keep a storage of yourself, you know, in there for safekeeping? Yeah. Sure, makes sense. Really um, makes me wonder. It's so weird. Yeah, one of the things I love uh, the more I read about um, these stories and the way things play out is so much of the time we've. Um, let's talk about the difference between cyberpunk and Star Wars. Cyberpunk is more of a an actual sci-fi it's more sci-fi than it is fantasy and star wars is more fantasy than it is sci-fi star wars is wizards in space right um this is not wizards in space this is what happens when the technology of today gets extrapolated into these extreme situations in, in the near future, right? That's sci-fi. And because that's sci-fi, you know, Star Trek is sci-fi. It's not wizards in space. It, it, it's taking a potential pathway and is based on reality. And therefore, because that is the structure of the world, then the storylines have to be based on things that are more likely to happen in the real world. This is one of the reasons why let's not talk about the show, but the writings of um, <laughs> the um, uh, what's the word? What's the actual name of the books? Um, uh, Game of Thrones books. Uh, um, oh, uh, fire and ice. And yeah, yeah. That, that series, why he's such a good writer is that um, for the most part, the things that happen are absolutely logical. Like this person is a terrible person. Therefore they did this thing in this situation. Oh yeah, that makes sense. It's not the easiest way out of that plot point. It's not the stereotypical answer to that plot point. It's the thing that legitimately seems like, yeah, that's totally exactly what would happen in the real world in that situation. 
assuming that this were the logic of the world is consistent, right? So yeah. the thing, the things that I'm loving about these stories in cyberpunk is that the logic of the world is consistent and things just like people are flawed and people are temporary and you know, somebody's a, a heroic character like Johnny Silverhand and he shows up in a situation and he freaking fails. And he shows up in another situation, pulls the band back together and he gets cut in half and exploded. You know, like, yeah, you're going up against Arasaka. You're going to get up against one of, if not the most powerful corporations in the entire world in a future where they have the technology to do pretty much anything they could ever want to do. You're not going to make it out alive. You know, <laughs> like chances are you're not making it out of that. This isn't like, you know, we're getting, we're, you know, we're getting Chewie, Chewie's in the back and C-3PO and Han Solo and the princess. And we're all going to like waltz into the Death Star and make it out. You know, like, no, the, the force isn't there to save you. <laughs> you know, like that's not how stuff yeah. works. Um, and it's, it's dark and it's gritty and, and that's just the way things go. And there's I, something that resonates with that about me or about it. I think me. this, I think the thing that, that I really appreciate that too is that they still have some of that kind of wizardry in the game uh, or in the, in the world, I should say, because with the net running, they really do talk about, you know, creating a program or weaving pieces of, of code together and uh, crafting demons and succubus. And so, like they use right. a right. lot of kind of magical terms for the, for the programs that they're crafting right. and they can do but whatever all, they want in the net. It's all analogous, right? It's analogous yes. in a way that it brings something in. It makes something real, something that is intangible, right? Yes. So yeah. if something's and a and demon in the net, it's not that it's a hulking monster necessarily. It's that it is a uh, formidable force with foul intent, like a demon, right? Yeah. So, and that's what's cool about it is that it's, it is bringing in those fantasy terms and aspects, but it's doing so in a uh, rooted in kind of real and internally consistent, logically world, which, yeah. which I really I enjoy. I love that. Yeah. Um, I appreciate that there's a, that there's a, a world where if you had money or access in knowledge and time, you could achieve any of the things that happen in this, in, in the cyberpunk world. Whereas with star Wars, there's just, there's, it's a force. It's, it's a bunch of, you know, magic and there's, you're either right. born with it or you're not, or you, you can fo focus it or you can't. But with this, it's, it's literally just, who do you know? How much money do they have? What kind of tech have they have they worked up? Mm -hmm. And can can you do it within a certain amount of time, which lends right. itself to being available for anyone? That's what I, I can't wait for this game, because everyone in that plays this game is going to have access to all of the tools. It just depends on how they gain access to it or if they can mm -hmm. gain access to it and how they get around certain environments. That's why I'm looking forward to seeing how people play through this, because it's it's all rooted in in tangible uh ways of, of of you know dealing with situations um but everyone's going to approach it slightly different right right yeah and and that's the rpg aspect of it you know do you charm yeah. your way through a situation do you bully your way through a situation do you hack your way through a situation like what method do you use and the more you invest in that type of thing the better you're going to be at it and the more the further you can get using that method but you also may come across a situation where that method just doesn't work 
And so yeah. you got to find another way to, way to go or you need to find someone else to help you or whatever. Yeah, that's it's uh, it's very exciting. I um, I really do enjoy the the way this stuff is rooted in reality, even though it is a fantasy future world. It is still, it's, it feels very grounded. So I wanted to, uh, as we've been kind of talking, I've been thinking about it more. Um, we've done a lot of diving into Alt Cunningham and just net running as as a, a kind of a general principle for Soul Killer, and, and we've seen some of the power that can be handled with uh, with the right type of programming. Uh, has any of the stuff that we've talked about over the last couple episodes kind of swayed your judgment on how you want to play Cyberpunk going into this um, life paths? Oh man. Yeah. Um, well, or, or, uh, even, you know, even beyond that specializations and stuff, cause it, wherever you start, yeah. you still have access to how you want to play. So has this kind of pushed right. you one way or another? Um, I haven't thought about it too much in that context again. Um, I'm not sure about life paths. I think I will probably go corpo, but Again, I'm still undecided. I'll probably try a few of them out and then pick one and stick with it. Um, at mm-hmm. least through the first playthrough. Uh, the other thing is that after watching the gameplay and the mechanics of the guns, it makes me want to go some sort of like very combat heavy gun build because it just mm-hmm. looks so visceral and fun. Like, I just want to blow everyone's yeah. heads off. You know, I just want to like, <laughs> charge into a room just like, you know, just like destroy everything. But knowing yeah. the way that I tend to play RPGs, I tend to almost always go with some sort of sniper rogue build. So mm. to be somebody who is good from a distance and is going to hack the system. Um, and when that doesn't work, then I fall back on some sort of combat um, might be more of what I do. But it depends. It depends on what seems to be more fun um, as we go through it. You know, and we haven't seen a whole lot of the actual hacking mechanics yeah yeah so i'm really curious maybe that's about gonna, that yeah if that looks really really cool then it might sway me towards that so um yeah i, I kind of feel like if i'm gonna go corporate i'm gonna go more more of like a hacker net runner kind of thing if because it kind mm. of fits you know like i'm technically savvy that's why i can work a, a, an office job that kind of thing um mm-hmm. but if i'm gonna go uh combat heavy i might go something like nomad interesting i viewed a little bit different yeah so what are you thinking well i was i was thinking uh corpo would be really good for like a gun combat combat heavy kind of a Uh a path because you'd have more access to those guns like the the tech weapons and stuff whereas i was thinking like a, a street kid or a street kid is to me in my mind i generally think of like street kids as kind of uh thieves or or having to to kind of uh piece Mm -hmm. together the junk that they can find around and sometimes they have to create their i think of ed from uh cowboy bebop a lot of the time just just having to do what they do and they live in the net and that's kind of their their realm and they command that realm because they have you know the knowledge to be able to create whatever programs and defenses they have so i I tend to think of uh street kids as more as like the the net runners and stuff because they don't have the the lavish lifestyle of a corpo with all of these uh these different uh tools that they're you know they can live in nice places and have the best guns and security and stuff so uh i kind of think of like like the the grungy street rat that that has 
has to hack their way into everything because they're not they're not technically allowed. They can't just pick up the phone and call someone for access. Sure. It makes sense. It makes sense. Hmm. Yeah. And and I guess I think I'm with the nomad thing. I'm swaying more towards like the um, Mad Max kind of thing. Like somebody Mm, who's been out there, somebody it's just tough. And so they are tough. And you probably have yeah. some sort of badass car with some sort of giant gun on the back and, you, you know, with a grill in the front that you can like run people over with, you know, <laughs> you know like something like that. Um, oh, and, yeah. And, you, and, and if and if, you know, an enemy drops and, you know, a missile launcher, you know how to use it because you're going to pick up and mm-hmm. use whatever you can as you go. And if you come across some sort of cool tech weapon, then that's awesome, too. You know, but it's not because you already had it. It's because you took it yeah. from somebody you killed. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm kind of, yeah, I'm kind of, <laughs> I don't know. I will just have to see once it comes out. Well, cool. Um, this is, this is really good stuff. Uh, I would love to hear other people's perspectives on this lore as, as we've been doing, people have been commenting on the video that went up on YouTube, um, in, uh, on the discord. So the robots radio discord, if you link, look in the show notes, there's a link to that as well. You can jump in and share your thoughts. I, again, I think we're going to have this conversation until the game comes out, but uh, I would love to hear more about how you guys are going to play the game, what kind of builds you're going to make. One of the videos I did um, about a month ago was uh, a Terminator build on YouTube and what that would be like mm. if you wanted to be something that was more almost full cyborg Terminator. How would you build out a character in the game to, to match that? I would love to come up with some other ideas, though. Um, so if you guys have any other thoughts on, you know, maybe movie characters or just influence that you have on what your, your cyberpunk build would be, um, that'd be really cool. Um, so let's move into we've got some news bits. So let's move into that. Here we go. Since the dawn of time, there have been storytellers who teach through their stories. These myths give rise to fundamental truths, and these truths shape our collective experience. Yet these myths are not something of the past, and today they engage us more fully in the story itself. Video games allow us to live the lives of our favorite myths. My name is Blue Crew 86 host of Focus Fire Chat, and I want to invite you to explore our modern-day myths with us. Join with us as we explore the stories, the mythologies of the Destiny franchise, as well as other games. Let's explore together. First, we have to thank all of our patrons. And I am a complete dummy dum-dum because I did not sync up the Cyberpunk Lorecast Gmail with my phone, which means I have been missing notifications and... Well, that means that we have 11 patrons that I need to go through, and I don't remember which ones I've thanked, but I'm going to call them all out today for supporting the show if Patreon will load, because the internet is being slow, and it looks like Patreon will not load. So I will check this again before the end of the episode. Um, but before that, thank you for the patrons. The, you guys make this possible, helping to support the show. Also, the show is supported by our sponsors, and we now have four different sponsors that, that support all the different shows on the network. Uh, Loot Crate, Gamefly, Green Man Gaming, and NordVPN are all sponsors. You can get special deals from all of them. I know Green Man Gaming has some deals out all the time for discounts and things for different games you can buy through them. So if you want to help support the show at no extra cost and you're looking at buying some new game that comes out or looking at finding something on sale, then click our link in the show notes and get to Green Man Gaming through there. 
And if you purchase something, we'll get a little bit of a of a kickback and it's no extra cost to you. So you can go do that. Also, if you're looking to get in like Loot Crate, you can get 15 percent off Gamefly. We've got a deal where you get like double for your first month. You get to two months for the cost of one. NordVPN has like a 68 percent discount for for two year VPN service through a legit actual VPN provider, not one of these free ones where you don't know where your information is going. Um, so go check out those links if you're looking to do anything like that and uh, help support the show that way as well. Yeah, Patreon's still not coming up. All right, so let's get into the news then. Oh, uh, internet, why you got to be dumb? Everything else is working. Everything else is working on the internet. It's Patreon. It must be down. All right, so Gamescom was or is this weekend. We are currently recording this on Saturday night and <laughs> impromptu Fallout or um, <laughs> chat says. So Gamescom this weekend and congratulations. No surprise to any of us. CD Projekt Red and Cyberpunk 2077 have been um, awarded the PlayStation game of the show or game of the. Well, let's, let me actually read the, the thing here and then I'll get the actual title because I didn't have it written down. Uh, the news comes from HollywoodReporter.com, which is strange, a strange place for video game news. But they write during Thursday's opening night of Gamescom, Europeans or Europe's largest annual video game trade fair, a number of award winners were announced, including best Sony PlayStation game. That's the actual award for this one, which went to the role-playing action-adventure title Cyberpunk 2077 from Polish studio CD Projekt Red. The game has been hotly anticipated since it was revealed at last year's E3 conference that Keanu Reeves would be starring as Johnny Silverhands. They clearly do not know his name. He does not have an S at the end of his name. Uh, a mercenary called an edge runner. <laughs> this is so funny. Who is capable of hacking into a Matrix-esque version of the deep net. The game is set for release November 19th. I love that this comes from the Hollywood Reporter because clearly they are not video gamers. But the fact that they won best Sony PlayStation game is actual factual news. We, even if they get Johnny Silverhand's name an edge runner <laughs> wrong. Um, so I just had to call that out. I thought that was hilarious. Uh, so congratulations, uh, CD Projekt Red. Um, uh, that bodes well. You know, I'm sure that they had some behind the scenes stuff going on with the game at Gamescom and some other people got to see it and you guys got voted best Sony PlayStation game. So very, very cool. Also, it seems really, have, really interesting oh, too. Uh, it seems really interesting that this is um, an awards ceremony for best of show at Gamescom when it's all done digitally. Like, I, I wonder, I wonder if this is how just uh, award ceremonies are just going to go from now on without any kind of uh, hands on before. Yeah, you know, I mean, every, everything can be done digitally. They can send somebody a early version of the game to try out and. Mm. You can just go from there and they don't have to set up, you know, machines in a back room these days. Um, so, yeah, until until the COVID yeah. thing blows over, I guess that's what's going on. Uh, in other news, um, there's two more news stories. This, the, the next one is actually really, really cool, but we got to get to this one first. Uh, this one's a little bit interesting and maybe specific to some of our audience. Um, Cyberpunk 2077 confirms important customization feature. This comes from comicbook.com, which everybody's getting on top of this Cyberpunk news. It doesn't matter where what website you're going to. Um, one accessibility feature that has been hotly discussed is the past in the past is subtitles and more specifically the subtitle size. Many games release with insufficiently sized subtitles and no option to make them bigger. And this is a problem for people with impaired vision. 
In the build-up to release, many have pointed out Cyberpunk 2077's small subtitles because we've seen clips of the games, right? Or of the game which are made even harder to read due to the color scheme used. Addressing these concerns, the game's official Twitter account confirmed you will be able to adjust the color and the size of the subtitles. So if you're somebody with vision issues, vision impairment, or just a really small TV, like if you're watching this on your phone from across, all the way across the room and you can't read it, then <laughs> no worries. You can adjust the size and the color. So, um, that's that's good. Uh, you know, this is one of those things that's usually an afterthought with game developers. But the fact that they realize that their audience is going to be large and varied and that they need to be supplying things like this for people to enjoy the game fully is is very good news. So good on you, you know, Project Red. Chat, chat asks, uh, don't most games nowadays have subtitle uh, size adjustments? I, I do want to address that because I tend to do a lot of accessibility uh, promotion with uh, Sea of Thieves. And you would be surprised at just how many games don't offer something as simple as text size adjustment as as something that most of us would just assume is like a quick thing to toss in there a lot of games don't actually have uh subtitle adjustments ui adjustments just text adjustments for for being able to change the size because that's that's one of those things that it's a simple thing that people could put in but a lot of games don't and it's kind of kind of disappointing to think that so as as much as this may not be a big deal for a lot of people this is huge because you may not use it but you might still benefit uh, uh for for an accessibility feature being put into the game that you don't think you might need but may actually still benefit from yeah and hopefully it is becoming more common i don't know if the data shows that it is or isn't it seems like one of those things at least when i notice it and it's not something that i specifically have an issue with so i'm not super aware of it but i do remember back when we made the jump to hd games with the previous generation that there was um, some complaints about all the text being too small and then studios had to make enlarge the text. Um, but actually seeing sliders and things for the size of the text is not something I'm very, you see very often, at least I can't think of, I can't think, I can think of almost no examples that I've actually seen it. And I, and I am a PC gamer at heart. So the meme of you launch the new PC game, the first thing you do is go into the options menu is absolutely true with me. I will go through every option before I ever launch the actual, get into the actual game. And then even after that, I will go back and forth and change settings and look at what else I can change. I love to customize everything. So yeah, it's, it's good that this is. Hopefully this continues to be a thing and people are aware of it. And it, it makes sense for the bottom line for, for the companies, because if more people can enjoy your games, then you're going to sell more copies of your games. True. So very, very true. All right, let's very, very true. And let's move on to our final uh, piece of news. This one really, really cool from WCCF tech.com. Cyberpunk 2077 has had about 29 models of cars that come in different variants nomad cars upgrades detailed so according to this website we know of 29 different models of cars in the game this isn't just you know a few cars here and there that you can get in and drive around this is lots of different variations on car models so previously we saw lots of variations on guns and some of the combat tech lots of different car models this bodes well for the ways that you can build out your character and your ride 
and the things like in my example of the the nomad with the really cool car where you can drive people over that's there's probably several variations of kinds of cars you can set up that look like that um the article goes on and says cyberpunk 2077 is going to feature around 29 different base models of cars but they will come in different variants some of them markedly different from the base models Speaking with the official PlayStation magazine, and I always get these names wrong because these are uh, Eastern European names, uh, Powell Milnikzik, maybe? Um, I butchered that, I'm sure. Uh, CD Projekt Red <laughs> Art Director and char- <laughs> CD Projekt Red Art Director for Characters, and I love this, and Hard Surfaces. I love that because I love texture work. Uh, revealed that the upcoming role-playing game will feature about 29 models of cars that will come in countless varieties, including Nomad sets. Yes! These Nomad variants will not be simple reskins, and they will come with features that will set them apart from the base models, like anti-mine detectors. These cars also come with no windows as they are driven using infrared sensors, so players will be able to check out the outside-only through an LCD screen. Glitches and noise will be shown on the screen as well, increasing immersion considerably. So you get in this thing and it feels like you're piloting a video game, which you are. So it's like video game inception, I guess. Cyberpunk 2077 is setting out to be the role-playing game of the year, as experience promised to be much deeper than the one in The Witcher 3, according to senior level designer Miles Tost. And a quote here at the end, I don't know. There's a lot. There's tons of weapons. How I would summarize this is I think people tend to forget that Cyberpunk 2077 is an RPG first and foremost, right? So customization and equipment choices, making choices in the skills you have, the talents, how your character looks, how you choose dialogue. It's the center stage of this experience. I think some people look at this game and think, oh, man, it's first person and has guns. It's a shooter. And that's a very surface level assessment. And then he chuckles. I think in many ways, it's much, much deeper role playing experience than The Witcher 3, which is a quote that I love and is everything that we continue to talk about on this show and why we are absolutely psyched for this game. What do you think, Logan? I think it's awesome. I I love the idea that the cars are going to have different roles to play and that that you're going to be able to customize those as well. That's so awesome. The one question that I have about this is that it speaks to 29 models of cars. But what about motorcycles? Are those included with the 29 or are those like a whole separate group? And if so, does that take into account like trucks? We trucks. get trucks as well. Tanks. Like, you know, combat hot. vehicles. <laughs> like, I'm cool. 20. I know drones. I was looking in the RPG book. There's so many drones in there. I want suits of armor. I want drones. I want trucks and motorcycles. Like, yeah. just start ripping assets out of the books and shoving them into the game. I want it all. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and this is just the cars part because we did see, you know, the release of some car designs and things like that. Right. We've seen cars in the videos. So, if people, of course, people are talking cars, but are there going to I mean, chances are some of these other things are going to be in the game, but are they going to be pilotable? Yeah. Like, yeah, are you, I mean, I would love yeah, to. you're going to come up against, you know, maybe you're fighting against a group of, you know, bad dudes with some Militech stuff. And they've, you know, got a bunch of equipment and then they've also got a drone flying overhead and a tank shooting at you down the street. Like, yeah, maybe that's the thing you come across. Uh, But can you get in the tank? Can you 
are there quests where you steal a tank? Are there quests where you can you buy a tank and keep it? Like we don't know. Maybe. I I just want a thermal blade that I can pull out while I'm driving in a motorcycle down the road and just be able to cut down as many people as I possibly can. Vehicles and all, just like <laughs> you want to hear this thing. Yeah, I do. I really want to. Yeah. <laughs> I think it would be amazing. Yeah. Dude, I, I'm old enough to, to have seen Akira when I was, I must have been about 13 years old, which mm-hmm. is probably absolutely the right age to have seen that movie, especially when, when anime wasn't super big yet and blew my mind the way, like having seen a bunch of like what seems like little kid animation and little kid folk, you know, like Ninja Turtles who never actually hit each other with their weapons, you know, that kind of stuff. And then watching Akira and like the fluidity of the animation and then like riding motor. Like I just remember the scenes of them on the motorcycles thinking like, that's really dangerous. (laughs) Like, Oh my God. (laughs) Like like feeling uncomfortable. (laughs) Like, why would you even do that? That's really dangerous. You know, being like a kid, like, you know, of course, yeah, it's a cartoon. Of course they're going to do crazy, dangerous stuff. You know, it's supposed to be exciting, but yes, (laughs) that would be really, really cool. Yeah. I'm excited to see this anytime. And, and I, I really wish that we knew when the next night city, uh, wire comes out because i i i'm loving these videos i want to have more deep dive because i I want to have a good a good scope of what i can do from the get-go when i dive in because i i just want to have like a a good idea of like what plans or or set some goals you know as you as you play through the story if you see something like a motorcycle over there like i want to know like i can go get that motorcycle and add it to my collection and then start, mm-hmm. you know, kind of picking up things as you go along and, and knowing what's out there and what's available and not feel like I'm missing out on stuff because I just don't understand what the the full breadth of the game is so that I, I you know, look at something and think, oh, there's no way they're going to let me have that tank, but find out later on, I could have had that tank forever and I just right. didn't know. <laughs> right. But, oh yeah. I could have hacked it and got a guy in it, could have driven it to my garage. What? could have yeah we don't know that that's true but who knows maybe it is um uh, the flip side of this is like i'm I'm always competing internally with like getting all the information up front and being super excited and, and like you're thinking planning it out and go okay i'm, I'm going to be able to do this i want to be able to do this i want to be able to do this and looking forward to it all or the flip side of that is like when i when i watched the matrix i was in college and i was like living in a dorm i was in a bubble and I didn't watch TV anymore. I didn't do any of that stuff. I was on the internet and I was hanging out with my friends and that was about it. But I hadn't read anything about the matrix. I hadn't watched the trailers and everyone was talking about the matrix. And so I was like, okay, we'll go check it out. Opening night went into the matrix, having never watched a trailer and only had very brief descriptions of people explaining to me what, what it even was kind of like and had the experience of watching it completely for a, fresh eyed, not knowing what I was going to get at all. And there was something very pleasing about that, like going into something blind that's of such good quality and interesting and deep. Um, and so there's part of me and I know I do a cyberpunk 2077 show. And of course we're digging into the lore, but there's a part of me that almost just wants to go in blind and just get surprised by everything. But of course I'm not going to do that. Like we're, we're going to be salivating all the little over all the little details, but I'm sure. And and on top of that, no matter what they reveal to us in the next Night City Wire, there's going to be stuff that they don't reveal. There's going to be surprises. So I don't need to worry about that either. 
there are going to be things that I come across in game and I go, holy crap, this is a thing I can do this. Yeah, yeah. Story wise, I'm I'm good not knowing too much. Uh, but as far as like the the world and the areas and stuff, I, I can't wait to dive into that detail because there's there's going to be a lot to take in. And I'm I'm worried that I'm going to spend a majority of my first playthrough like my first playthrough is probably going to be really, really long because I know I know I'm going to be sitting around taking screenshots and pouring over like camera angles and just trying to get like every little tidbit of information like captured at the right at the right focus and stuff. And it's going to take me forever to get through that game. Uh, but I want to know like as much as I can about what's available so I can start kind of piecing together shots in my head. Like, you know, how if I can get this motorcycle now, then I want to pull it over to this area here <laughs> so that I can have the the flaming blade like as soon as possible so I can start getting some shots of it like i can't oh that's i'm looking forward to that aspect of it yeah yeah for sure um we have some questions in chat i wanted to address before we we uh close up the episode uh fev dweller says has anyone talked about the music and game yeah we talked about um the music uh what was it two episodes ago it's a few episodes ago with um refused yes and uh yep. the music that they're doing but that's not the only music that's going to be in game um we've heard bits and pieces of some of the other music and some of the trailers and things but there isn't a whole lot of detail at least that i've seen about uh some of the other music that the, that has been revealed or not yet um but hopefully I, I know there is a diversity hopefully. of stuff that was that was the 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 tease for the next night city wire is that they were going to be diving into the soundtrack i think so i think we should hopefully hear more about like how the music in the world is going to feel uh hopefully whenever they come out with that next episode yeah yeah i hope that they have a lot of 80s and 90s influenced music i know we've got this kind of punk aesthetic with refused um with um uh samurai and you know johnny's band uh but i'm also hoping for some of this you know i don't know synth wave type stuff leaking into certain things obviously there's going to be some digital um you know maybe some edm type stuff um but who knows? They're, they might be pulling from all sorts of different places where you get to see that. Um, it's a bummer. How about, uh, oh, Destiny coming out? Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, welcome to the show. The Destiny show oh, popped man. in. This is, this is Boris, uh, who uh, goes by Cornholio. He's, he runs the Destiny show on the network. And uh, he noted here that it's, it's kind of a bummer that the new Destiny expansion and this will be coming out in the same month. Oh, man, too many things to play. You know, it's, it's a problem when there are just too many good games out there. <laughs> it's a wealth of, <laughs> a problem of wealth of things to do. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, things could be worse. And, you know, I mean, at least things are going awesome in video game land. The rest of the world is a little bit on fire, but hopefully that doesn't do too much with video games. Well, guys, thank you for joining in with us as always. And um, <laughs> Logan, do you want to want to rep anything else going on? Do you have anything else cool happening that you want to share? Not too much going on. Uh, honestly, it's it's kind of uh, um, well, dogs are coming to see a thieves, which is kind of a big deal for for us. Yeah. We've been having cats. So if you, yeah. if you like uh, like the dog, I've got a bird. Uh, I've got a I've, my, yeah. guy's got a, my guy's a bird. <laughs> kind of have to have a bird. That's kind of the, the go to birds. Monkeys were like the go to thing to have at first. We had cats for a while. Dogs are coming. Uh, there's a new update in September that got teased out. So if you if you have any any interest in uh, playing multiplayer games where you get to chill out and go have some fun, 
Uh, sea of Thieves is still like top of the game right now and still a really big pillar for hey or for uh, Microsoft if you're uh, a fan of Microsoft in the Xbox. Um, other than that, I'm, I'm seeing some suggestions for uh, what people want to be able to do with uh, cyberpunk vehicles. I'm curious uh, to know what the what the listeners of the show want to have as far as like their go to vehicle, because I, I would love to have something like a DeLorean in there. But I saw some uh, comment about uh, Pontiacs or being able to have decal decal customization for uh, uh, like your vehicles and stuff like I would, yeah. I would love to know what people want for their vehicle uh, going into, into cyberpunk. I would love that. And I think this is a fun idea because I'm starting to do this on some of the other shows too. Um, at the end of every show, I would love to pitch a question to our audience because I want this to be a community thing. And that's the reason I do podcasts is because I want to connect with other people. And you guys have, I mean, as much of the fun stuff that we can come up with and talk about on the show and our ideas, so much of the time, the audience out there, you guys have even more awesome things to share. So um, please log into our Robots Radio Discord, go to the Cyberpunk Lorecast channel and share your thoughts on the vehicles and some of the other things in the game. And if you can find like screenshots of cars or if you're, if you're an artist and you put something together, mm. that would be amazing. I love really cool video game artwork. Yeah. Um, so come come share your stuff. Let's all, you know, let's all salivate together in a room. That sounds disgusting. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we'd love to see your stuff. Um, <laughs> but yeah, thanks for tuning in. I've I've been doing this whole streaming all of the shows that I do live for this last week. It's been awesome. This show we record on Saturday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, uh, 6 p.m. Pacific on the Robots Radio Twitch channel. So you're always welcome to come join us and and chat with us as we do the show. We will, you know, at the end of the episode, we'll call you out and answer some questions live. And um, I do other shows other days of the week. So if you're into Fallout, that's Monday nights. Uh, if you're into Dungeons and Dragons, that's Wednesday nights. And if you're into the Elder Scrolls, that's Thursday nights. And I also stream games uh, many of those nights after doing the shows. So come hang out. And Logan, you also stream. Yeah. Yeah. We uh, stream over at twitch.tv forward slash uh, C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N. Uh, we were playing a little bit of Halo Reach um, just before we started recording because I'm slowly working through the Halo games. I've only ever played through uh, one and part of two. So the story is all kind of new to me and uh, we're just kind of fumbling my way through it. And uh, outside of that, uh, Destiny 2, Sea of Thieves, a lot of good games that people tend to play. So uh, I've been I've been having a good time with that. Um, it's infrequent, but uh, just check out for check, uh, check the website out so that you can get the notifications for when I go live or just go to Twitch uh, or not Twitch, uh, Twitter at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N because uh, that's where I always post my tweets about when I'm going live or what I'm thinking about the day or cool new stuff to, to kind of stay up on uh, gaming news. Yeah, very cool. And if you need any of the links, uh, check the show notes and you can find stuff there or just pop in the discord and ask us. We're, we're always around to answer questions and we love hanging out with you guys. And I've been trying to be more and more social as I do this stuff. So I'd love to, you know, say hi to me and let's have some conversations because that's I'm trying to. I know that I'm <laughs> let's talk about personal wellness. I know that I'm a happier better person when I can make friends and have conversations with people. So, um, so help me continue that. All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in as always stay safe in night city. And until next time, well, I guess, uh, you know, don't get blown up inside a giant skyscraper. Uh, be careful. That'll work. <laughs> <laughs>
All right. See you guys later. Thanks for tuning in to the Cyberpunk Lorecast. This show is a part of the Robots Radio Network, smart podcasts for interesting people. If you'd like to help support the show, please tell a friend and leave a five-star review on iTunes. If you'd like to get in contact, please send an email to cyberpunklorecast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at cyberpunklore. Also, join the community on the Robots Radio Discord. The link is in the show notes. The music on the show was written and performed by The Midnight and was used with their permission. Go check them out at themidnightofficial.com. Until next time, stay safe in Night City. We'll talk to you later. Hello. Hi. Do you like bad movies? Do you find yourself defending bad movies, saying things like, well, the soundtrack was okay, or the costumes were pretty fun? From the previous hosts of It's Not That Bad Podcast, we bring you Fresh Tomatoes, the movie podcast, from Simone LaRue and Chad Ekovitz. Every week, we review two movies that did not do well critically, but we say, hey, there are some nice things about them. Maybe Rotten Tomatoes was wrong. Maybe they're all fools, and you should watch these movies regardless. We'll also talk about scenes that could have saved it, and we'll often refer to Simone's cats because they're amazing and adorable, and we love them. <laughs> and at the end of each review, we will tell you whether we would watch this movie again or in what circumstances we would recommend you watch this movie. So join us on July 9th for the first drop of our main episode and then two days later for our drop of our minisodes. And on Robots Radio Podcast Network. Come see us on July 9th. We love you so much already. Bye. Bye. Have you ever wanted to learn more about geography without sitting through a snoozy old lecture? Geography Arcade is a weekly podcast all about your favorite video games and their geographic lessons inspirations, and even some minor analysis. Some may say analysis. Boo! Well, we're going to learn and have fun while we talk about Pokemon, Elder Scrolls, and much more. Come join the adventure at Geography Arcade on your favorite podcatcher and YouTube. How well do you know your video game lovers? Have you ever wondered how your video game bays stack up against all the other delectable digital dates? I'm Genesis, the girl whose motto in life is love, laugh, tequila. And on Two Girls, One Ship, we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. And I'm Vervada, the hopeless romantic cat lady and lifelong gamer. But you should know that our podcast centers on character and romance analysis and doesn't shy away from exploring the fun of physical connection. Or from the deep emotional connections built between two characters, using specific in-game dialogue and the overall narrative journey. So join the two girls, one ship, shipsters, and remember... Beauty is in the eye of the controller.